Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys, and if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know the funny thing about that is? The Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We have got a great show lined up for you today. Hold on. I got my speaker up. I, I hate it when I do that, Todd. When I, I when I leave my speaker up. I thought it was me. It, 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 it was definitely me, for sure. Okay. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, Zeb Wise is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. Chase Rodman is also going to be talking about his move over to the High Limit Series. And we've got Connor Wade, who is going to be the new pit reporter over at the World of Outlaws. Hey, Todd, I've, we got some sound running right there. There we go. And we're both we're both off. Well, we, we, we're having a we're having a rough start this morning. You're kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs, it is. right? Uh, hey, listen, we're, we're not talking. About we're, we're, <laughs> we're not we're not going to talk about the Chiefs. Let, let me just say this about the game last night. That that offsides by uh, Kadarius Tony. The very next play, Von Miller was offsides equally as much on the very next play. And so, yeah, wow, that. you picked up on that. I That's first I'd heard that. You, you hadn't heard that. So you, what did you, Kirk, notice that Kirk, yourself? Kirk, no, it's all Kirk, over It's all media. over okay. the social media. Kirk is not very good at social well, media. Well, he don't, he don't, he, he doesn't surf around yeah. and, and he doesn't pay attention to what's well, going on in social media. He's got other things he does and we have time to just waste. Well, you know what Kirk, you know what Kirk's all about? College sports. Yep. That's no, I watched the NFL all day yesterday. What, you didn't see that that very next play, Von I, Miller getting offside. I didn't hear about that. I did see some of the right. talk on social media about other things, but uh, I missed that one. Right. So, but hey, you know, a little bit of uh, lack of focus uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> kind of carried over to our show here today. Marie says, yeah, it's uh, all good. "Make you feel better that the Eagles got crushed." Uh, and it made me happy yesterday. I watched that game too last night. The yeah. Cowboys really rolled them. They they just yeah. rolled over them. You're going to see. What, was it 33 to 13 or something like yeah. that? It's yeah. Cowboys versus 49ers for the trip to the Super Bowl on that side of the. Right. That's, and I watched a, that's my, my pick. I watched my boy Brock Purdy have another great day yesterday. Yeah, those guys hey, are, that was good for me. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to Marie. She always sends me nuggets of information. And and I think the biggest news of, of the day is Danny Dietrich is going to be racing for Gary uh, Kaufman and um, with a new team, right? 
Big Kurt, change for Danny Dietrich. We're used right. to seeing him in that 48 car. And, and absolutely not committing to anything. Yeah, I That's what they said in the headlines. Yeah. Did you see that, Kirk, in the headlines where yeah. it says he's not committing to anything? Did he's you see that? He's a true outlaw schedule. Go right. where he, they want to go. So that that's not surprising at all. Right, right. So stay, you know, a lot of races there. And, you know, there's a lot of 410 sprint car racing in Pennsylvania. He didn't really have to travel all that far. Right. Same with Anthony Macri. I don't see him committing to uh, any major tour either. I, I look for people like Blackjack Brian Brown just to be an yeah. outlaw kind of a driver. Right. Why and would- and I, I'm not sure that uh, we haven't talked to Brian Brown, but I don't think that he is going to race with the High Limit Series or the World of Outlaws. I think he's just going to be an outlaw driver. Absolutely. And yeah. why would he change what he's doing? Right. He's got a perfect thing, and he don't need to travel to California at all. Right. I mean, uh, so I, I expect Brian just to continue doing what he's been doing. No change for him. And I expect him to run for the championship up at Knoxville this year as well. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, well, he's missed a couple races over the years and still won the championship up there. I don't think he'll be at every race at Knoxville to run for the championship. But if it happens to be, as we've seen in the past few years, uh, he would miss a race or two at Knoxville and still win the championship. Right. He'd be okay with that. Right. But I, I don't think he's He's got to have a stellar year if he right. does that. I right. don't think he's going to commit. He'll run at Knoxville a lot like he has in the right. past. But uh, running for the championship. Eh, you know, he's been down that road. He's got plenty of championships at Knoxville. Uh, I just think he'll continue doing what they've been doing at Brian Brown Racing. Well, all I know is that, that Blackjack Brian Brown can miss a couple races and still win the championship up at uh, at Knoxville this year. So uh, I, I don't think that uh, Brian is going to commit to either one of the two series i don't either yeah i don't either Mm-mm. he's not going to make a trip out to california he never has has he had brian i guess brian's probably been to california a time or two but uh that's not a trip that i see them taking the 21 car to right uh chris windham now with vermeer motorsports the 55 car they have committed to high limit racing with dale klossmeyer and no, no uh no, uh, Chris Wyndham is driving for Vermeer Motorsports, Are, you, number 55. I thought you were talking about Emerson Axum. No, Emerson yeah. Axum is uh, going to run a true outlaw schedule. Uh, he's not going to race for Clawson Marshall anymore. Dale Klasmeyer and Scott Petrie. Are, are, are you a little surprised by that after running for him for two and a half years? Are you a little set back by that? Yeah, I thought I thought he had a good thing going on. Right, there, so. me too. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll see uh, a little bit of a change for uh, Emerson Axum. Of course, we'll see him at the Chili Bowl coming up. Right. He'll be there locked and loaded, I'm sure. Uh, not sure exactly what car he's going to be driving at the Chili Bowl, but I look for him to be there. And, and Chris Wyndham is going to be committed to the High Limit Series as right. well, right? Yeah, uh, we touched on that. He is the new driver for Vermeer Motorsports. We saw Kerry Madsen in that car last year. And, of course, earlier in the year, it was Hunter Schoenberg who got uh, kicked out of that ride. Clint Boyles, I understand, is going to still be the crew chief on that car. Uh, but Chris Wyndham is the driver, and they're going to run the full high-limit racing series. Listen, I talked to Clinton Boyles about that, and he said that 
he's in a pretty good spot right good there job. with with the fifty five car. Yeah, right. And and he needs to make money as a crew chief, and and he feels like he's better as a crew chief than he is a driver. I think he's a very talented driver as well, don't you? I do. I do think that. And I think everybody thought when Hunter Schoenberg got booted out of that ride last year that Clinton, who's related to Hunter Schoenberg, brother-in-law, that he would go too. But no, he stayed. Right. And uh, Kerry Madsen drove that car for most of the year. But uh, he's staying. And they did pretty good. good He's got a good job over there at Vermeer. With Kerry, they did a pretty good job with that car too, didn't they? They won some races. So uh, that... uh, that's no surprise that Chris Wyndham and the 55 Vermeer Motorsports team will be going high-limit racing. So that now makes 11 high-limit drivers now. I think they're going to shoot for 14. I think their whole setup is uh, based on 14 drivers. So I look for maybe three more drivers to commit to right. high-limit for 2024. Here are the drivers so far. Brad Sweet, Rico Abreu, Casey Kane, Jacob Allen, now Chris Wyndham, Corey Eliason, Zeb Wise, Justin Peck, Corey Day, who uh, was announced over the weekend, Spencer Baston, another late entry, and Brennan Crouch, and more to come. Here are the World of Outlaw drivers so far. Donnie Schatz, who committed right. over the weekend, that's no surprise. David Gravel, Sheldon Hoddenshield, Logan Schuart, Geo Selzy, Brock Zierfoss, Landon Crawley, the new driver for Jason Sides in the second car, and Bill Rose. So that's eight drivers, and I look for, I would be surprised, I would be shocked if Jason Johnson Racing and Carson Aceto is not part of this group soon, wouldn't you? What do you think, the High Limit Series? No, the World Outlaws. No, no, I think they're going to commit to the World of Outlaws. I know that they want to win the World of Outlaws championship in the worst way. Yeah, and I feel like Philip Dietz is pretty loyal to the World of Outlaws. But they've not formally committed yet. They, they've not they've they've not said anything about it yet. And there was a couple of tweets put out by Carson Macedo the other day that uh, I don't know if this is just a tease, just to get people talking or what that is. But uh, one of the tweets was, uh, "Can't wait for a the high limit versus World of Outlaw." You know, uh, here here is exactly what, what that tweet said. Who said that? Carson Macedo. He said, the competitor in me is pumped for the World of Outlaws versus High Limit battles all year long. What a time to be in the sport of sprint car racing. Right. But earlier than that, he put up a poll. He said uh, uh, the, the poll was... Uh, what do you think uh, has out, the Kurt. best schedule, high limit or world of outlaws? <laughs> People put the poll. They thought the high limit series had the best schedule. Right. So I, I don't know. Uh, I would be shocked. But th- there is another tweet that was put up here just a couple of days ago. They retweeted one from the world of outlaws. This Jason Johnson racing Twitter page uh, retweeted a tweet from the World of Outlaws, 66 days to the first World of Outlaw race. So. You know, uh, what I see as, as one of the problems with the World of Outlaws, and, and I'm, I'm just saying it, 
High Limit Series is going to have, what, about 50 races? Is that about right, Kirk? 50? Yeah. About 50 races? But again, there's no restriction. And, and the World of Outlaws is going to have approximately 80 to 90, as they do every year. Right. And that could be a little bit of a grind for some of the the World of Outlaw teams, that they, they don't want to fully commit to 80 or 90 races to run in one year. What well, do you think about that? Some of those uh, high-limit racers are going to race far more that's on the high-limit schedule because there's no restrictions for those drivers. They can run anywhere they want, right. and most all of those guys are going to run all those crown jewel events that are all still World About Law sanctioned events. So it's still going to be pretty close to what the World of Outlaws are racing, all those full-time high-limit racers. Right. They just got the freedom to run all those races now, including all of the scheduled races for the Outlaws in the month of March, where High Limit has taken the whole month off. So I, I think the schedules for the full-time High Limit racers will still be pretty close to the same as what the full-time World of Outlaw drivers are racing. Right. So... How, how many do you think will defect from the world of outlaws, Kirk, and, and when it's all said and done? Well, right now you got Brad Sweet, you've got Casey Kane, and you've got uh, Spencer Baston are three that have defected from the world of outlaws. Uh, I don't, and Jacob Allen, he would be the other one from Shark Racing, but Shark Racing still has a team with the Outlaws in Logan Shuart. So I think those are the ones that uh, that I see have defected from the Outlaws to the High Limit Series. I, I, I don't feel that, that there's going to be many more. Do no, you? I don't, I don't either. Uh-uh. So eight drivers full-time so far for the World of Outlaws, uh, 11 would, would you be so shocked far for the High Limit Would series. you be shocked if Carson Macedo... And Philip Dietz decide to go over there and run with the All Star. More with, than shocked with high limits. Yeah, I would be. I'd be shocked to see that. I, I, th I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it is either. We'll see. You know, it's not official. Carson Macedo is not officially on the World About Laws uh, lineup of drivers so far. Also, some other drivers that uh, may or may not go with either of the series. You got the two Roth Motorsports cars, James McFadden. And I'm not sure, is James McFadden, there was talk that he might not be coming back to Roth Motorsports. He might be staying out there in Australia. So I'm not really sure what James McFadden plans are. Buddy Kofoy drove the other Roth Motorsports car. So what's Roth Motorsports going to do? And also, what's Brett Marks going to do? The reigning National Open winner, he's been running a full outlaw tour. Will he be coaxed into running full-time? with the high limit series i don't see him going full-time world outlaws if anywhere he's going to commit to it's probably high limit racing tyler courtney another driver for clausen marshall racing i would assume you know with the nos energy sponsorship that's a big sponsor for the world of outlaws sheldon hoddenshield carries that sponsorship what's going to happen there scott with nos energy as a sponsorship tyler courtney in that seven car for Clawson Marshall Racing. I don't know. What do you think? That would be a big get for the Outlaws if they were able to convince that team to come over there and race. But, you know, they ran an all-star schedule last year. with, And this would be a step up for Clawson Marshall to go a full coast-to-coast -coast right. national tour like that. So will they go anywhere 
with Tyler. Will Tyler Courtney become a just a you know an outlaw guy, just a pick and choose driver? I don't know. I don't know. Also, some other drivers that you know we've already talked about, Anthony Macri. I expect him to do what they are doing out there in Pennsylvania. Danny Dietrich, we know what he's going to do. Uh, what's uh, Sam Haperteep Jr. going to do next year? You talked like he might come back more to do more 360 racing. I, I, what's I, Sam going to do? You know, there there's rumors going around that he might come back and run with the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour because he kind of mentioned something about that in his last interview that he did, that, that maybe they they might be coming back to the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. I still look for him to run a lot of 410 stuff, though. I, I, I think so, too. He won at Eldora last year. Some other drivers. Uh, Parker... uh, hey, do you know that Sam Hafertief owns the track record at Bristol? Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Right. When I saw that. That's yeah. probably going to stand for a while. I don't see them going back to Bristol for a while, putting dirt on that racetrack. Uh, Parker Price Miller. Uh, Noah Gass was a full-time outlaw driver, not committed yet. Uh, some of the drivers that, of course, Brian Brown, uh, you know, we talked. He's not going to change what he's doing at all. I, I'm pretty convinced that. You're safe in saying that, right? Well, you know what I need to do is I need to text well, Brian. just text him and ask him. But I would be shocked if Brian changes his his game plan. Uh, Blake Hahn is, uh, is a young and up-and-comer in the 410 ranks, and uh, you've already got an indication for him. He's going to run this Power Eye 410 series next year, right? I, I, I'm not sure that he's fully committed to that yet. He, he, he might just be an outlaw racer. Why would he change what he's doing? You know, just... Uh, not travel coast to coast and pick and choose the races. He was at all the big races last year. So I would expect uh, uh, Blake Hahn to continue doing what they're doing, pretty much. Uh, Ayrton Jeniton, we talked with him a couple of weeks ago. He doesn't have to travel very far at all to race big 410 events. With as many high-limit races as are going to be here in our area and where he lives, he can continue to run the 410 Power Eye series this year, so I look for Ayrton just to uh, pick and choose the big races, and he really doesn't have to travel that far. Neither does Brian Brown, to be right honest with you. I just he's te- in a, he's I in just a great text location. Brian. He's in a great location, too, to not have to travel big distances t- uh, for big money races. Right. Uh, the biggest uh, talk, and I'm sure you heard a lot of talk about it at the PRI show, was... Uh, what High Limit is going to do for their drivers is talk of the charter system right. in the future and teams sharing in the revenues of video streaming and all of that. Jeremy Elliott has a uh, article. He talked with Brad Sweet, and if you want to go to SprintCarUnlimited.com, the, Brad Sweet laid out the details of what this charter system is going to entail, but it's not going to really take full effect till 2026 because they want to give it some years to for these teams to invest in the in the series over time. So it looks like right. there is going to be a charter system, some revenue sharing that's going to be a whole lot different than what the World of Outlaws have been doing. Well, the World of Outlaws have increased their amount of money that they're giving away yeah, as well. Yeah, they've got tow money, point fund money, yeah. all of that, the way they're doing it. But right. High Limit is going to do things completely different. All right, well, when we come back... 
the 2023 All-Star Circuit of Champions. Zeb Weiss is going to join us right here on the show. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. It's mostly motorsports. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us, we wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now is the All-Star Circuit of Champion in 2023, Zeb Weiss joining us now. How are you doing, Zeb? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, man. Man, that that was a, that was a, uh, a pretty gnarly wreck that you had down there at the World Finals, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely uh, wasn't good, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you had such a stellar year this year. You picked up nine wins and uh, with with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. How would you assess your year as a grade-wise? Um, probably like a – well, are we just talking All-Stars or the entire year as a whole? Uh, well, the entire year as a whole, because I know that you, you ended up picking up a World of Outlaw win as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably like a B plus. And the only reason I would go that low is just, like, as far as an all-star year, we were we were great. We had a great year, um, picked up obviously a good amount of wins and uh, didn't have very many DNFs and just all around was a great year, but we still had a few races that I could, I wish I could have back and, um, Knoxville nationals did not go our way at all. We had some other stuff going on besides just car and driver, but, um, yeah, just, there's probably a few races throughout the year that I wish I could go back and, and redo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, overall was a, was a really good year. My, my best year for sure as a driver and, um, becoming an all-star champion for the first time and, uh, you know, winning at Eldora and, uh, winning a World of Outlaw race. It was, 
it was really special year for sure. What what race in your mind is the one race that you wish that you would have had better luck at this year? Um, I don't I don't even know. There's probably a few that I could I could go back and, right. and pick through. Um, uh, probably probably Knoxville Nationals. I feel like we were. I mean, uh, Knoxville's just a always been a trying place for me. I've never really been that good there and just been kind of one of those places that I don't I don't really look forward to going to because I struggle there so much. So Right. right. I mean it would, that would be an easy place for me to say, but I'm I'm sure if I really sat down and thought about it there would be a a track that either I was you know, actually I know I know one. Um Portsmouth uh at the end of Ohio Speed Week because I was leading the points uh, for Ohio Speed Week and was uh, running either second or third. I can't remember, and our drive shaft broke. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely there. You know, it, it, at Knoxville, it really boils down to wh- how you qualify, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's that's honestly almost everywhere nowadays. Um, there's some places you can make it up a little easier than Knoxville, but. Yeah, I mean, the Nationals is very uh, qualifying dependent. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't qualify very good, you're going to struggle the whole week. So, um, and that was one thing we were not doing good at all was qualifying. And that, you know, that boils down to a few things, I think. But, um, yeah, it's just a it's a tricky place. And, uh, you know, some guys make it look really easy. But uh, realistically, in the seat, it's definitely not as easy as, you know, gravel and donnie and brad and all them guys make it look right yeah you took a big hit up there too didn't you knoxville uh or maybe not i, maybe I, don't I think was thinking of somebody else i don't think so no i was thinking of some that that crash hit charlotte though man oh man that that uh are are you recovered from that because uh, what are the throttles stuck on that car or what happened yeah the um so I'm I'm completely fine. Uh, actually, to be to be honest with you, that that crash wasn't as bad on me as uh, Eldora was earlier in the year. But right, um, yeah. So when when the car hit the wall, we think. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell now because the car was all mangled and everything. But um, we think the dash moved because the car was so bent that it. Basically, I mean, everything was just kind of shifted around. And we think the dash uh, moved off the frame on the car and then hung the throttle wide open is actually what happened. That, that's what we thought. Right. Right. I mean, what are you thinking about? You're thinking, please stop. I mean, it just well, kept going, right? I was not awake. <laughs> I oh, was you out. were not. You, you, you were knocked out at that time. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're okay. That is, uh, That was a heavy hit. Talk about that big win at Port Royal in the World of Outlaws. That was huge for you, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, I feel like we've always been, or well, specifically this year, we've been pretty good at Port Royal every time we've been there. And um, I kind of thought, like, rolling in there with the Outlaws, I was like, maybe this will be our chance to get an outlaw win because we were really good here the last time we were here. Um, we really have been good there every time we've been there this year. So 
especially after seeing Tyler win the first night, I was like, okay, well, I feel like if we can get qualified okay, then, you know, we can have a, a good shot at this. And uh, the track was much more to my liking the second night. It was a lot slicker cushion on the fence and um, just kind of more to what we're used to when we go there. So, yeah, everything just kind of fell right. We qualified really well, um, won the heat race. Beat, I think we beat Brad in the heat race. And then, uh, yeah, went into the dash. Maybe it was David. I can't remember who we beat in the in the heat race, but it was definitely right. a confidence booster for sure. Yeah. And then uh, went into the dash, and I think I drew the two, and then we ended up winning that. And then uh, started on the pole and just kind of paced with Lance at the beginning. Lance got to the lead early and just kind of hung around in second with him. And then, um, yeah, once once fuel load kind of burned off and the track started getting a little bit, like, more to my liking as well, it just everything kind of came together at one, at one time. And, um, yeah, it was a special night because I had never won an outlaw race, obviously, and uh, my crew chief, Tyler, he had never won an outlaw race, and that was only Kevin Redeen's second outlaw win. So, wow. um, yeah, it was really cool. Hey, let, let me uh, get into the topic of the high-limit racing series in the world of outlaws. Um, uh, I don't know what your plans are going to be for this year, but... Um, high limit. Uh, high limit is, <laughs> is the deal for you this year, but what what do you think about... You know, I, I've said this many times on the air. I'm a, I'm a little concerned that the High Limit Series and the World of Outlaws could fracture 410 sprint car racing a little bit. What are your thoughts on that as well? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've thought about it a lot, and I, you know, I could see it go both ways. Uh, I could see it being really good and. Um, you know, if everyone doesn't play nice, I could see it going the wrong way too. And, you know, I, I just wish that, you know, every, every series would just get along. And I don't think Kyle and Brad have come in here and are trying to, you know, stir the pot, but I just think that's kind of the way it's portrayed. Um, I think Kyle and Brad came in here and are just, you know, trying to make the sport better and, um, not only for drivers and fans and teams, but, uh, you know, just trying to grow the sport, pay more money, make bigger shows. Um, and I think they've kind of got this, you know, stigma with them that they came in and are trying to ruin the world of outlaws. And it, um, you know, at a, you know, at some point it kind of does seem that way, but it, I don't think that's really what they're doing. Um, I think Brad just, uh, sees the potential, uh, and same with Kyle, and is just trying to grow the sport. And right. um, honestly, I think I think Kyle raced with the late model stuff so much that he sees like, man, these guys race for this much money. Why can't sprint cars? So, um, I I think that they're portrayed as trying to uh, be, you know, the number one series, and um, maybe they are. Maybe maybe that is true. But I also think that. Uh, they're just trying to make it better for, for everyone involved. Right. Yeah. And, and the entire month of March, the high limit series doesn't have a race. So will you jump in there and run some world of outlaw races during that month of March? 
we haven't really talked about that yet. Um, I would imagine, I mean, we'll be racing somewhere, obviously. Right. Uh, whether that's, um, Pennsylvania starts up pretty early, so we might, we might go out there and race or, um, yeah, but maybe with the outlaws, I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I'm sure, uh, we'll be somewhere racing. I'm just not really sure where yet. And you're going to be running, even though you're a full-time high limit driver, you're going to be running plenty of world of outlaw events. You guys are free to do so, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll be, I mean, the, the high limit schedule is what, like 60 races, and we'll probably right. be, I would imagine, in the 90s um, by the end of the year. So we'll have a lot of races to hit, you know, between the high limit races and, and outlaw races and um, Knoxville, PA. I mean, there will be there'll be plenty of races. We, we throw in a 360 every now and then and go somewhere. So, um, yeah, we'll be busy. All right, Kevin Redeen, uh, you does look quite a ride you jumped into. Uh, that uh, how'd that all come together for you in the twenty six car? Yeah, I was racing for my family car, and um, the first time I ever met Kevin, I actually won the Racer Dean Foundation race at Kokomo, and uh, yeah, that that's honestly probably how it got started, and I didn't even know. Um, but a year later, I was I don't remember where we had just got done racing, but um, Kevin owns Skagit Speedway and was having a dirt cup out there. And, um, he had called and asked if I wanted to be in a second car alongside Corey. And so we went out there and raced. And then, uh, it wasn't very long after that. Kevin kind of made his decision to, uh, part ways with Corey. And then, um, yeah, the, the phone call rang and, uh, he basically offered me, uh, you know, the full gig, and I. That's not something you turn down. That's for sure. Kevin is a. Uh, I'm not sure what else I would want out of a car owner. Um, he's probably the best car owner out there, in my opinion. So, right. I'm very right. fortunate to be, you know, where I am, and very thankful for for Kevin and Monica and everything they do for uh, for not only me. I mean, they do a lot behind the scenes for for sprint car racing. So. Um, yeah, very, uh, very lucky and fortunate to be where I am. Well, we're here in Kansas City, and, uh, you know, it was cool to have the Rudine Foundation race a couple of years ago out here at I-70, and it's going to be back at I-70 Motorsports Park this year. Your thoughts about the Rudine Foundation race? That's always a big race every year, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's awesome. I love I love that race and uh, what Marsha and and Kevin and everyone do for the foundation and, and the foundation race is awesome. Um, obviously it, it pays good and you know, that's always a bonus, but, um, yeah, that race is cool. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to win it once. So, um, yeah, go back to I 70. Honestly, that's not always been just a place that I've been very good at, but this year, um, we were actually really good there. Stood on the pole and ran. Okay. I just, a few driver mistakes cost us probably, but, um, yeah, so I think, you know, I'm pretty confident rolling in there that we'll be pretty good and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, you, you won the, the BC 39 in 2019. Um, talk about that race and what that meant to you. Yeah, I, uh, that night was pretty cool. I honestly, I think it meant more to my car owners than, than it did to me probably, you know, obviously, but, um, driving in the 39 BC winning, you know, the BC 39 was probably one of the higher points of my career. 
Um, there was a, there was a lot that happened in that race uh, that honestly I thought our chances were over. Um, me and Kyle were going at it for a long time, and um, Kyle slid me in three and four, and um, I'm not really sure if I decided to stay in it or I don't. I remember it at the time, but now I don't. Uh, but yeah, we um, ended up. He got into the side of me and ended up turning over, but. Uh, my car was pretty messed up. I remember the the drag link was smoked, um, and the car handled terribly after that because it was all bent up in the front end. And right. um, at that point, we still had a good amount of the race left. And I remember uh, Brady Bacon got by me actually, and I had to get back by him. And um, then Sunshine and Wyndham were coming, my teammates. So yeah, not only did I win. But my two teammates, uh, Chris and Sunshine, ran second and third. So um, it was just a really cool night. I've, obviously, growing up in Indiana, um, IMS is kind of like, you know, the place. And that's always right. a place that you kind of grow up watching. And um, to be able to win there uh, in in anything, just to be able to be in that place is, is a thing of its own. So to be able to win there on, on the dirt uh, was really cool. And. Um, hopefully it's not the only time I win. I'd like to go back and win it again. Have, have you ever had any plans to try to get into IndyCar? Have, has any opportunities ever arised for you to be able to do that? Not IndyCar, no. Um, now, if I was going to go pavement racing, I would probably want to go down the IndyCar route for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I've had not opportunities to you know, attempt to go down the pavement route with uh the nascar side but never never with uh indycar or anything like that but that is something that i would i would love to do for sure but obviously that's a a very select few people that you know get those opportunities yeah Uh, and let's talk a little bit are are you going to be racing down at the chili bowl this year um so i was supposed to but i'm going to take the year off um just for you know a few reasons i I know the guys in the shop are busy, uh, first off, and we just got a new trailer and uh, new cars for next year, so um, they're busy right now. Plus, with the crash that I took at Charlotte and everything, I think I'd rather just take this winter off and be more prepared for next year. So, right. um, yeah, I was supposed to, but I'm going to gonna take the year off. I think that's a wise decision to get completely healed up and get ready to go. You're going to Florida. Uh, are you going to race uh you're going to start off with a high limit at East Bay, or are you going to run some outlaw ahead of that over at Volusia? Um, honestly, I don't. I don't even know. I obviously will be with high limit anywhere they go, but I, yeah. I'm not really sure what our plans are as far as um, Florida. I know we had kind of talked about going to Volusia and talked about not going to Volusia, so uh, I'm sure we'll end up being at Volusia just because by that time rolls around, we're going to want to race, so. Um, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll be at Volusia and East Bay and everything down there. So yeah, Florida's always fun. I like going down to Florida. It's kind of nice to be in some warmer weather after being stuck in the thirties for, uh, a couple months, but yeah, yeah, always love going down there and, uh, looking forward to it. Seb, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports. It's all been brought to you by rod and supply featuring the power. I Midwest lightning sprints. Um, we're going to miss you down at the chili bowl. And uh, 
that's that's going to be a big loss for for a lot of the the guys that are going to be racing down there. I I feel like this year that there's going to be a new winner. What do you feel like? Is there going to be a new winner down there at the Chili Bowl this year? Yeah, I I mean I think your two guys to beat are going to be Logan and Tanner. Um, I don't think I feel like those two have just. Last year, they kind of showed how good their stuff was and right. um, how tough they're going to be. But I could see uh, Sunshine being really good in that in the Abigus car because as good as Logan's been the last you know little while in the midget stuff, I would not be surprised to see Sunshine be really good at Chili Bowl. So right. I think he could be one that could sneak in and maybe get a his first driller. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's. There's still plenty of good cars, and it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch. I'll be tuned in the whole time. So, right. um, yeah, I I love Chili Bowl, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna miss it for sure by the time January rolls around. I, I I don't know if you know it, but the Racing Boys we did the Chili Bowl broadcast for yep. 16 years. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah. We did. Uh, hey, you can't count out your fellow BC 39 champion Justin Grant. What do you think about him? Yeah, Justin. Justin's always been so good there. It just seems like Saturday rolls around and um, he's like third, like every time, third or fourth or right. fifth. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, I would love to see Justin win. I, uh, me and Justin are pretty good buddies, and um, yeah, it would it would be really cool to see him win. But um, yeah, there's a there's a handful of guys that I think are are going to be you know contenders for sure. Yeah. I think Kyle and. Christopher not being there really opens the doors for, you know, not that they're going to win every year, but, right. um, and also Rico not being there. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, uh, it's going to be cool to watch. I hope, I hope some, someone that you just, you know, never think of gets in there and gets, you know, gets on the front row or the second row and can compete with those guys. That'd be right. great. Zeb, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Good luck next year. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Zeb Weiss, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Chase Rodman is going to join us here on the show, and we're going to be talking about him moving over to the High Limit Series. He is going to be the voice of the High Limit Series. That's all right here next on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. Joining us now is an old friend of the Racing Boys. Chase Rodman joins us on the show. He is going to be the voice of the High Limit Series. Chase, congratulations, my friend. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, still kind of crazy to to hear me being introduced as uh, the voice of High Limit. Still got a lot of getting used to, obviously. So. Um, pretty exciting, but uh, yeah, gr- gr- glad to be back on the show. I know it's been a few weeks, maybe even a, a month or two since right. uh, I've been back on the show, so uh, excited to be back. Hey, so l- let, m- let me start off by asking how all this came together, and they chose you to be the voice of the uh, the High Limit Series. How how did that all come together, Chase? Yeah, um, you know, I... Obviously, I knew they were looking for somebody um, early on. You know, I knew that the guys they had doing it probably weren't going to be able to do a full schedule with their, you know, either their day jobs or their prior commitments or, you know, other series that they had to attend to. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really push too hard for it. You know, I had I, mentioned something to um, I had, I had mentioned something to Kyle Larson at, at Port Royal for the Outlaw shows there, and I just kind of was in passing by. I was like, hey, you know, it was more of like a joke at the time. You know, I wasn't like being very serious, and I was, you know, I was happy with what I was doing. I was peer reporting and, you know, working for the Outlaws, and, you know, life was good. And um, I just kind of very, very, like, just, it wasn't even that serious, right? It was just like, hey, uh, you know, my old saying back in the day, uh, when I announced was uh, before they came to the green was we got them racked, we got them stacked, and we got the grandstands packed. Um, and I just walked up to him and said, we got them racked and stacked next year or what? You know, that's what I said to him. And he's like, oh, man, you know, I'll talk to Brad about it or something like that. You know, and that was it. Um, right. And that was the Port Royal. And so then, you know, World Finals comes around, and the plan was to go with the Outlaws again. And uh, Mike Hess gave me a call. Um uh, I think it was the day after Thanksgiving, actually. So very recently, you know what, two weeks ago maybe, um, and and kind of put the the feeler out there, you know. And there was a lot of talks and and whatnot, and emails back and forth, and uh, eventually it, um, you know, it, it it worked. It worked out, you know. Um, right. It's a obviously a promotion for me. Um, you know, I, I know that Johnny Gibson, you know, he's the best. I think he's the best of all time, and nobody's ever going to be as good as him. Right. Um, but the thing is, right, I mean, he ain't going anywhere. He's. I think he's going to be there for 10, 15 more years announcing the Outlaws, right? And I don't know if I want to peer report for 10 to 15 years. You know, I've always wanted to be a play-by-play guy, you know. Right, so, right. Um, obviously a big promotion there. Obviously got to think about the time off with family and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, it's just something new and exciting, you know, so – uh, you've seen all the announcements they've got coming out here recently, so uh, it's cool to be a part of it. So the lack of opportunity for you to be the World of Outlaw announcer really played in effect to to 
your choices of what you wanted to do. You really wanted to be a play-by-play guy, right? Yeah, I've always wanted to, you know, and I did do a lot of play-by-play back in the day, you know, before the outlaw thing came around, but it was nothing, you know, of substance, right? It wasn't like I was doing a big series, right? It was, you know, USAC on the West Coast, you know, the the Western State Midgets and the 360 series and a couple of the 410 races and, I had done Power Eye Midget Week before and a lot of outlaw kart races. I did a couple of King of the West sprint car races, but there was nothing ever major, you know, when it came to my play-by-play stuff. So I do have a lot of experience, but just not a lot of experience when it came to the big stage, right? Right. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, I've always said this for as long as I've been doing this outlaw thing, right, Um, that I personally do not want to be the guy that follows in the footsteps of Johnny Gibson and has to follow his act. Right. I mean, because like I said, I think he's the best ever. Um, and it's going to be super hard to fill those shoes. And I never wanted to be, I honestly, I never really wanted to be that guy, man. That's a lot of stress. You a know, lot of be comparing uh, you to him and a lot of um, pressure, so, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, right. a lot of pressure, you know? So yeah. I feel like this high limit deal is also another thing. It's like, it can be my own show. I don't have to live up to standards that, you know, Johnny put forth and it can just be my own deal, you know? So that was another thing that kind of went into it as well. Right. Hey, Chase, congratulations on the move over there. Very, very exciting for you. Have they uh, figured out some of the other voices that are going to join you on these broadcasts? Um, yeah, I, at the beginning when I first talked to Mike, it sounded like they were going to try and have two guys, you know, me and somebody else uh, on on the broadcast, at least up top. Um, and I heard a couple of names, but, you know, recently I haven't really heard much about it. You know, I think that maybe when we have a couple of those races where we have the uh, they're like kind of not the the dual shows with Lucas Oil. Um, they might try and bring in like a Ben Shelton maybe or a, or a Dustin Jarrett potentially, or maybe if we go to the Midwest, maybe Tony Bachoven jumps up there with me as well. Um, I haven't heard much other you know past that you know, and that was early on in the talks with this whole thing. But I haven't heard anything ever since then. So maybe that's a potential thing. But as of right now, as far as I know, it's just it's going to be me up there. And then I did hear who the pit reporter is going to be. And I can't release that uh, information quite yet. He's wanted to stay a little confidential before. Um, he's got some other stuff going on right now that he can't be talking about that or else he'll have some issues uh, on his end there. So, uh, But excited for that guy and excited to work with him. So there will definitely be me and a pit reporter, that's for sure. I can tell you guys that. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Connor Wade is going to replace you over there at the World of Outlaws. Uh, Connor Wade is a very studious guy, and I think he'll do a fine job over there, don't you? Yeah, you know, the, um, what was it, the, let me look at my calendar here, December 1st and 2nd, uh, I went and did a, a 360 race at Volusia, uh, you know, non-sanctioned, there was like, you know, 15 cars or something there, and I was the play-by-play guy, that was about two, well, not even two weeks ago, really, and Connor was the pit reporter, and this was kind of right around the time when all this stuff was going on with, with the high-limit talks and everything, and I, he was one of the first couple people I told, when I told him in person, I said, listen, man, like, um, I'm, I'm leaving. And I think that, you know, I'm not, I, I don't think I have the, well, maybe I did, but I didn't know if I had the say on who I should think should replace me. But, um, you know, I thought that he would be the guy, you know, I think he was the one that I, I would have liked to see replace me because he's young. Uh, like you said, studious. He, he, he knows the, the history of sprint car racing. Um, and he loves it. Right. And, um, right. I think he is, I was glad to see that he was the guy uh, when they when they put that out to uh, to step in. 
Um, so yeah, I was excited to see Connor do it. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, done a lot, you know, he's done chili bowl and Tulsa shootout. He's done stuff with Lucas Oil late models. So he's definitely, um, done a lot to get to that point. You know, he's, I think he's only 19, but, um, he's got a long broadcasting career ahead of him. And, you know, what was it? 2000, maybe 15 or so I, I watched him or I listened to him, I guess I was at the Southern Illinois raceway for the high banks hustle. And he was the announcer there when he was like 12. Uh, maybe ten or so. Well, no, he, the first time, and he had a, he had a good call back then. So um, he's been around a long time, and I'm glad to see him uh, step into that deal. and And I hope uh, he does a good job. He started announcing at eleven. Eleven, yeah, so eleven. I was around then. Right. I mean, I heard him at, like I said, High Banks Hustle, Terry Sprague Memorial, and a couple other races that uh, you know, Kyler Shaw with Fast Four Media had done. I was back then. I was doing. Uh, I wasn't the announcer for those races, but I was working as like a, the guy that was, the, I guess, the producer of the show. And so I listened to Connor, and the other guy was uh, Jay Harden up there, who's done a little bit of Silver Crown and some other stuff in his career. So, um, yeah, Connor, I think he's going to do a great job. Yeah, Connor, we, uh, you know, he worked for us down at the Chili Bowl. Great guy and very hard worker. And uh, I know you haven't thrown any names out there, but we're a big fan of Chris Wilner, too, who did the pit reporting for High Limit last year. So hopefully. He gets a shot doing this as well. Uh, so is your so we get a little preview of your uh, when they're forming up for the four wide. What is that racked and stacked? Uh, what is that again? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do it yet or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to. I'm just not sure yet. You know, I know that honestly, it was pretty humbling to hear. But uh, you know, Mike Cass was calling me a lot, and um, you know, him and and Brad and Kendra, uh, Kendra Jacobs and you know, JP and, and Brian Walker and Kyle Larson are all in a big group chat. And Mike called me and said that, uh, you know, Kyle was, he was in Cabo, I think, what was it, a week or so ago. And he was watching old videos from, from the Red Bluff Outlaws out in California where he grew up racing, where I started racing, where I started announcing. And he was watching videos from like four or five years ago of me before I got the Outlaw deal. And he's like, man, we, we got to We got to try and get chase. You know, and he, he's always, every time I see Kyle, you know, whether it's at Knoxville or chili bowl or something, first thing he always says to me most of the time is we got him racked. We got him st-, like, you know, imitating my deal. Um, right. so if it's, if it's up to the boss, man, I guess we're going to bring it back. I know a lot of people like it. Um, but I, <laughs> I just, I just don't know. Um, right. basically it's, it's, we got him racked. We got him stacked and we got the grandstands packed. You know, let's go racing off a turn forward. We are green. Um, so I made that up a long time ago. That was actually like my fifth race I ever announced. I, I brought that in back in like 2014, I think. Well, I think right. you got to use it, Chase. I think you got to uh, go. Uh, with uh, it. I, I'm not sure that you you got to use that or not, Chase. To be honest with you, <laughs> to be honest with you, we got two dates at Lakeside. We've got a date at I uh, at I-70 Speedway. Three dates at I-70. Three dates at I-70 yeah. Speedway, and then down at Lake Ozark Speedway as well. So we we are saturated with some high limit races. Around around this area and don't forget lucas oil speedway as Luke, well lucas oil speedway yeah. as well right yeah yeah i'm excited to get to lucas oil i've actually never been there before and i've only heard good things about the facility and, and all that stuff and there really hasn't been much if any 410 sprint car racing there so um that's gonna be a, a fun fun place to get to um and then we have i-70 obviously seven or sorry you said three three dates there and um you know that's another really really nice facility so I think Casey Schumann's the guy that's kind of running things around there now. Yeah, so, he is. Yeah, 
And then what was the other track? I, I need to pull up the schedule. Lake Ozark. Here, I don't even know everything about it quite yet. Lake Ozark Speedway down in, oh, yeah. in Eldon, Missouri. You've been there before. I love Lake Ozark, man. That's if I could choose to live, like if I had to pick three places to live, that that is in the top three. I, I love that area. Um, and I love that track. So very excited to get to Lake Ozark again. Haven't been there in maybe two or three years. The Outlaws have, don't go there anymore. Well, there's nobody that's got more experience setting up, uh, broadcasts, and do anything than Scott Trailer here at Lucas Hole Speedway. You know that track. <laughs> I, 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 when you show up at Lucas Hole Speedway, Scott, I, I, you're going to have I've to done a around. lot of broadcasts from Lucas Hole Speedway, and you, that that is – let me tell you, it is the diamond of dirt tracks. It is the nicest facility that you'll ever lay your eyes on, to be honest with you, Chase. Uh, I'm just telling you, it is the nicest racetrack. It, it has a, a, a drag boat race uh, uh, a lake over there. and they've got Yeah, an, I hear they've got everything. They've got an yeah. off-road race. They've got a quarter midget track. It, it, it's, just, it's just the greatest place on planet the planet as far as i'm concerned i've never been to a nicer place and it's got a great pa system too oh I like that they got they've got a bose sound system at that racetrack just so you know it's a bose sound system well i am very excited to get there let me i'm looking at the schedule now the first time we're there looks like the, the june 28th 29th so um yeah that's i'm going to be uh really excited to get to that place and there's a lot of tracks that i haven't been to before on this schedule and the thing I like about most about the schedule is um, a lot of small tracks. You know, obviously there, we do go to quite a few of the, you know, half miles and whatnot. But I would say, you know, I'd have to do some math here, but I would think 70, 75% of the schedule is, is smaller tracks, which I'm a big fan of. Right. And, and let me ask you about this. Is it a little bit of a stretch for some of these teams to be able to run out on the West Coast? You, you know, you're going to – uh, Thunder Bowl, you're going to Placerville, you're going to Silver Dollar Speedway. Um, is that a little bit of a stretch for some of these teams? I know that most of these teams have the budget to run out there on the West Coast, but I think some of the smaller teams might not be able to afford to go out to the West Coast. But it helps when they pay big money like they're paying at these oh, races that, like no, no Chico and Skagit, right? No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, Skagit and Silver Dollar are both a hundred thousand to win, and Tulare twenty five, Plat or uh, Hanford twenty. So, you know, I'm curious to see what the purse, the full purse, looks like for the Silver Dollar and the Skagit race because I think that could be a big determining factor about what you're talking about for those teams that you know got to go a long ways to to be there. Right. You know, if you run fifteenth, is it going to be you know two thousand, three thousand to start for a big race like that? Who knows. Yeah, um, no doubt. But that could make it worth it. But I also think running, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven races out there, um, that also makes it worth it. It's not like you're going out there and racing four times. You know, you're you're racing a lot from fifth to August fifteenth to August thirty first. Sixteen days, you're racing eleven times. You know, so they're making the most of their time out there um, by racing a lot, and that's I think where you know the outlaws maybe have had some issues in the past where. They go out there for three weeks, but only race six times. Right. You know, or race, go out there for two weeks and race four or five times. You know. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that I think it'll be good. And you know, we're, we've been seeing some of these teams come on, uh, join in high limit here the last couple of days. And I mean, most of them are pretty pretty good. I feel like in the financial department, we got great owners. 
Um, and hopefully it won't be too big of a problem for them guys to go all the way out there. We just had Zeb Wise on. He's the 2023 All-Star champion, and um, he is going to be running full-time with the, the, the High Limit Series as well. Yeah, he is. Um, gonna be gonna be interested to see how he does, you know. Because um, I think right now, I think the two guys that everybody's gonna be chasing uh, for this championship, obviously, gonna be Brad and Rico. Um, so I, I mean, maybe you'll have a surprise guy come in there and and uh, and challenge them. And when it's only sixty races, it's not eighty six, right? I mean, right. The outlaw schedule is eighty six races. The the high limit deal is sixty, and um, like I said, with with the smaller tracks being in there as well, I think that can play a big part in in who gets to be competitive and who doesn't you know i mean a lot of these guys that uh, are, aren't quite as good at half miles but they're really good on the smaller tracks and right you get 75 percent of the schedule on the smaller ones and could bring some different guys into the mix you know so zeb uh he has really become a great driver here recently and uh he's been fun to watch and it was great to see him pick up that first outlaw win at port royal so uh, tough way to obviously end the season at Charlotte, but I think he's going to be coming out of the gate swinging. Do you do you feel like the difference between eighty six and sixty is a big difference for some of the teams that don't want to have to run the grind of the world of outlaws? Do you feel like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the thing is like you know that was one of the main things that brought me to this deal. Obviously, I'm not a team, I'm not a driver, I'm not a team owner, but. Um, you know, if you add, you know, 60 to 86, that's 26 races, and that equals out to roughly 11, 12, 13 extra weekends of racing, you know, and that's more time away. That's more money on the road. That's more hotels, all that stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think it is a, a pretty big difference. Uh, obviously, I think that it's a little deceiving, obviously, because those weekends that we take off are going to be big races that more than likely everybody that runs high limits is going to be there. But it's not going to be a points race for them, right? It's going to be more of a race where they go out there and just try and win. They don't have to worry about points or anything like that, you know. So that could be yeah. a potential difference. But um, they're still going to be racing a lot. You know, they're going to be racing more than 60 times, these guys, on the high-limit tour. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, it's it's appealing for sure. You know, that charter system they've been talking about, I, I mean, I don't know all the details. I'm not a, a business guy by any means. But um, there's there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to talk about. Um, and, uh, I, I feel like the news is, you know, we still got, you know, right now what, there's 11 cars now that are running full time. And I was just on the phone with somebody and I heard there could potentially be like 18 that sign up to run high limit. And wow. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy. Yep, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, this charter system, that's, that's a big deal. They're talking about for sure. Chris, when them the latest to join, uh, with the Vermeer motorsports team, uh, got it. What do you think Roth motorsports is going to do? Yeah, I don't know. The rumor on the street is, you know, they're going to have – I think what the plan is potentially is that they're going to split, uh, you know, one car go outlaws, one car go uh, high limit. Um, but who are the drivers? You know, I, is, I think Buddy would have to come back, right? He was fast. I think McFadden oh, – No doubt. To, I think they both have to come back, right? I mean, they were both good. They both won. McFadden won a lot. Uh, and, you know, Buddy won a handful of times as well. I would be shocked if, if both those guys don't come back to run those cars. I think that'd be a pretty big mistake from from the team to not bring both of them back. But which one goes where? You know, right? Um, yeah. I I don't really know. I, I think that I would think McFadden just stays with the Outlaws, right? I mean, he's already been doing it. 
Um, you know, with the loss of Brad and the and Baston being out of the picture and right. whatnot, I think if McFadden keeps the speed up that he had last year and does, doesn't have that penalty, I think he could be a top three guy in points. I really do. Yeah. No um, so, and then you get Buddy out there, and Buddy's. I think Buddy really fits into the the mold of what High Limit's looking for with their drivers: young, talented, exciting. Uh, people seem to really like him a lot as far as the fans go and stuff like that. So. Right. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see that scenario play out. Yeah. Chase, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Um, I, I'm so proud of you. You're going to be the voice of the High Limit Series, and, and we can't thank you enough for doing uh, coming on the show today and talking about it in, in great detail, and, and, and we're really happy for you, bud. I'm just telling you, we are so happy for you right now. You still good to come on next year and talk about it like you did this year? Yeah, I mean, that's that cool. was kind of – I was hoping I was hoping so. You know, I like coming yeah. on here and, and uh, talking about the races. And I actually just got a text. I don't know if Connor's watching right now, but he said, uh, thanks for the heads up that this job comes with uh, getting to go on the Racing Boys podcast every Monday. So, right. Um, yeah. I guess you guys have already talked to him. He's, he's in for Mondays next year. So, uh, I guess it'll be – Connor for the Outlaws and me for for High Limit on Mondays next season during the racing year. So, um, listen, you know what? We felt like that we had to have an equal balance as well. And so, I agree. And, and you know, we 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 love Connor. You know, he worked for us and he worked for us down at the Chili Bowl. And having you over there with the High Limit series, this is going to be a great year for racing boys when we're going to be talking about sprint car racing, man, and we, we, we can't thank you enough for doing so. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a lot to talk about, obviously. So um, I'm excited for it, guys. What, December – or sorry, January, or February 15th, I think, is the first race for High Limit, and a little right. bit before that, the Outlaws. So going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun race season. might be the biggest season in sprint car racing that we've seen in a very long time. So glad to be a part of it and uh, looking forward to coming on here and, and chatting about it every week. All right. Thank you, Chase. Thanks, we Chase. We appreciate right. you. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you. All right. He's so, going to do a great job at this. Uh, no uh, doubt about no it. No doubt about it. And next on this show right now, we're going to have Connor Wade. He is going to be the new pit reporter for the world of outlaws connor wade joins us next right here on mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by rod in supply featuring the power eye midwest lightning sprints we'll be right back you're listening to mostly motorsports with the racing boys Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now is a longtime friend of the Racing Boys. Connor Wade joins us now. He will be the official pit reporter for the World of Outlaws. Congratulations, Connor. Scott Kirk, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you guys. Great to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Really, really looking forward to it. Grateful to have the opportunity to cover the world of Outlaws, not synergy during sprint cars, and work with the uh, the Great Dirt Vision team uh, on some sprint car things. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fun 2024. It starts uh, a lot sooner than you'd think down to Volusia. It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, no doubt. And, and listen, we've said it many times on this show that you are very studious, and when it comes to doing your prep work, you make sure that you do it as well as anybody. I, I, I think I, it's, it, I'm just saying that, to, to be honest with you, I think that you're as studious as anybody out there in the business. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's definitely something that I take a lot of pride in and, and something I take very seriously. You know, it's something that uh, in my opinion, you have to do um, in order to do the job right. You know, you've got to spend time prepping and finding stats and finding the nuggets that, uh, you know, you have to to use to support whatever you're going to tell your viewers. If you're going to tell uh, the viewers that you think the dice starting 20th has a chance to win, you've got to be able to back it up. You know, whether it be with stats or, you know, you talk to a driver in the pit area and they tell you that they like the racetrack or they've got their engine running good or they figured their shock package out, whatever the case may be. So I think if you're going to, if you're going to do the job, you've got to do it right. You can't just go out there and, you know, tell the race fans uh, something, you know, just to talk on a microphone. It's not really um, how it works. You know, you've, you've got to be able to support uh, whatever you're going to say and, um, you know, convince them that uh, whatever you're saying is logical. So it's, it's something I take a lot of pride in. I spend a lot of time, uh, before races, before race weekends, um, you know, looking through notes and stats and old races, history of the sport. I've already kind of been doing that for, for the world of outlaws. So um, definitely something that uh, I take a lot of pride in when it comes to my work. And as far as the uh, routine, you're, you're going to hit the ground running because you've already been at Dirt Vision. You covered the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series last year. And anybody who's done the Hell Tour is going to be well-prepared what's going on so uh you already know how dirt vision works and you'll step right in and and hit the ground running yeah i, I couldn't agree more kirk um I, I joined the dirt vision family um actually about a year ago this time my first race for them was the indoor power eye midget race to do coin last december oddly enough that race is coming up this weekend um and, and yeah it's, it's been really great to be a part of the the dirt vision team or i i kind of think of it as a, as a dirt vision family we're all out on the road together uh working together we all kind of have the same you know ideas and goals as far as what we want broadcast to look like and and the image that we want the series we cover to have so uh it's been great jim Chappelle and brian dunlap uh just do an incredible job kind of leading the team 
um, and communicating, and then um, you know all the the producers and the camera operators that uh, you get to work with throughout the year, whether they're full time employees at Eurovision or freelancers. It uh, it really was a lot of fun to work for him and do a lot of events in 2023, and then of course for the World Finals, I got to be in the studio, so I got to. Um, work with people face-to-face that normally I just kind of had phone calls with throughout the year, the the guys and girls that run everything back in the studio in Concord. So I, I think that um, you know, we all really worked well together. We all became pretty close. And, yeah, um, that, that that comfort level is already there in terms of putting on good uh, broadcast products, products each and every night. 86 races. Are you prepared to run 86 races this year? I think so. Um, from my standpoint, I did um, – over 100 in 2023 between the stream, the Hell Tour, World Finals, some Super Dirt Car Series, Big Block Modified stuff, such as Super Dirt Week, a couple of, uh, you know, random freelance camera jobs here and there. So um, what, I, what I think will be different about 2024 is the races are a little bit more uh, coast-to-coast, all the way from California to New York, a lot of traveling back and forth, a little bit more spread out, too. You know, the Hell Tour, there was five weeks in a row of races every day, and they were fairly close to each other. Um, right. You know, this is every single weekend, um, parts of February, and really from March through uh, late November, it's every single weekend. So I'm prepared for it. You know, we drivers and um, drivers and crews um, and teams have it a little bit harder than I do. I just kind of show up and, and talk on a microphone. You know, they've got, uh, you know, race cars to work on. They've got trailers to work on. They're going to have probably a blowout or two on the road throughout the year. So right. uh, for my for my stance, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But, uh, you know, it is really, um, I think the world of outlaws has really kind of uh, become known as the top um, schedule, really, in all of, of dirt racing and maybe even all of motorsports, um, just because of no the doubt. grind and the, the, the gruel that it is uh, for everybody that is on it. But I'm looking forward, really looking forward to getting on the road. You know, one thing that World of Outlaws has done a great job of is allowing the teams to fix a car, get it back out on the racetrack. I mean, we've seen complete front-end assemblies change in a matter of minutes. Two minutes. And, you know, that's become part of the show, watching on video as what's going on in the pits, just as much as the action out on the racetrack. And, right? I, and I'm sure that you're going to get right in the middle of it, too. Right, Connor? Yeah, absolutely. That's um, definitely... Um, a unique part of what Dirt Vision does um, in really the world of Outlaws, too, is we're able to show that to the race fans. Um, it's really cool whenever you see um, crews pull into the infield, uh, into the into the Federated Car Care Work Area. Uh, you see all the crews from different teams going at it and trying to help each other out. Um, I saw somebody um, on social media a couple of years ago, uh, they, they made a tweet, and I think about it all the time, as I wish all the, the Democrats and Republicans in Congress could get together um, and then work on something, work on one thing the way crew members from different sprint car teams get together and work on something. But uh, it's really definitely one of the coolest parts of the sport um, and definitely something that, you know, down there in the work area, things happen so quick. You know, they're changing rods, they're changing wheels, uh, you know, drilling new bolts on or, you know, whatever the case may be. That's definitely a unique part of, of the viewing experience for sure and something that I, I take a lot of pride in, um, making sure we relay what's going on to the fans at the racetrack or watching back home. I can't think of anybody, Connor, that can answer this question better than you because you've worked in pit areas of big-time dirt late model racing, midget racing, now big-time sprint car racing. What is the biggest difference you see when you walk through the pit areas of a dirt late model pit versus the uh, 
sprint car world. I know there are big differences, but what do you see? Honestly, it's not really a ton of big differences, um, which may sound surprising, but, you know, I had the opportunity to cover the Lucas Soil Late Model Dirt Series in 2022, um, did a lot of World of Outlaw Case Construction Late Model shows in 2023, and then obviously have attended, and now we'll get to cover a lot of World of Outlaw NOS Energy during sprint races. And honestly, you know, the, 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 the technology is a lot different, the cars are a lot different, but in terms of um, the race teams themselves, I think late model racing and sprint car racing both um, really is the best of the best. Some of the most professional drivers, the most professional teams, some of the hardest working people uh, that you'll find in the entire racing industry. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, you know differences in terms of the race cars themselves, but uh, a lot of professionalism, a lot of dedicated, hardworking, and a lot of professional teams uh, in right. both, both areas, whether you're uh, going to a fender race or an open wheel race. So, Connor, this is my just my opinion, all right? I, I'm just going to say it. I, I, I'm not so sure that what we see with the High Limit Racing Series and the World of Outlaws, to me, I, I, I feel like that this could fracture 410 racing a little bit. It, it, because you see a lot of the guys that were running with the World of Outlaws running over there. Jacob Allen's going to run over there. Zeb Weiss, Rico, Corey Day, Justin Peck. Um, but you, you, you see these guys, and I, I don't know if, if you have an opinion on it or not, but my opinion is that I'm a little worried that this could fracture 410 sprint car racing. What do you think? It's definitely an interesting time for the sport, um, seeing what's going on. I, you know, time will tell. And I'm, you know, I, I show up to races either to watch or to, to do my job. I, I'm not uh, a team owner in, in sprint car racing right now. I don't invest a lot of, you know, my own money into it. So I, I don't know exactly, you know, what the books are looking like. But what I can tell you is this. I keep telling people that have asked me the same thing, you know, my opinion on that same question is you look at the late model world right now and, and they are really supporting two main national series between Lucas and the World of Outlaws, and they honestly even throw in XR. Um, you, flow in, you throw in Flow Racing Night in America. They're supporting at least two. You could make the case for four national series, and what has come out of the late model world is guys that really, really can make a living running a national tour. You see guys that you wouldn't really expect to run a national tour that are able to go and do it just because the money – is so good for them, um, you know, on whichever tour they can decide to run. So I think late model racing has done a really good job of it. It's kind of, it's, um, you know, it's incentivized the series, I think, to raise the stakes a little bit. You've seen the world of outlaw late models add in a lot of contingency money, uh, bonus programs. I think you get um, a couple grand every month or so just for showing up and being top 10 in points. I know top 13 in World of Outlaw Late Model points are on a Hoosier Tire deal. I know there's a really great Rookie of the Year program that pays the top three in points with the Late Models. I know the Lucas Oil Late Models have a, a ton of contingencies such as the Crown Jewel Cup and stuff like that. So I think that's really gotten... Um, the series to up the ante a lot just in terms of the money that they make available to the drivers. And I, I can't help but think that the same is going to happen to sprint car racing. We've already seen it, I think, to an extent. Obviously, high limits put us money up, but the World of Outlaws, uh, NOS Energy during sprint cars have brought things up as well. More bigger paying races, they brought purses up. They did increase tow money um, for full-time teams that committed by December 1. So 
I, I think ultimately the same thing is going to end up happening to sprint car racing in the next uh, you know three to four years. Yeah, and you know what's changed over the you know the big battles that we've seen in the past. World of Outlaws have been challenged before. The big difference is the streaming services and uh, people. Uh, are able to watch these races that they weren't able to, and the the streaming services and the revenue that that produces has changed the whole ball game. I mean, you know, let's face it. Uh, I I don't think this high limit racing series is going to go away anytime soon. Hey, Connor, that's the reason Kirk and I got out of streaming <laughs> in pay per view because it, it the big bucks were starting to overtake us a yeah. little bit. We were just a little team. And and we just we just figured that it was the right time after we sold out to the uh, the Chili Bowl and the shootout. It was just the timing was right for Kirk well, and we I just to get out. We're, 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 <laughs> we're, I'm 63, he's 67, yeah. and we're just getting old. You know, you know, Connor. I just want to be a race fan right now. You know, I just want yeah, to go and sure. see I, some great racing. I get that. I get that hundred percent. You know, I've talked to um, a couple of um, owners and series directors of smaller series, and they definitely see um, the impact that streaming has um, on the industry as a whole. Um, you know, obviously in um, in helping the sport and the individual series reach new audiences, but also in the way um, streaming impacts decisions um, that are made by each individual series. You know, they may be scheduling an event, um, and they're going to think, you know, well, what am I going to be running up against TV-wise? Well, a lot of people watch this. Um, you know, you know what, what other streams are going to be out there that night? Um, and then lots of times you'll get streaming services that, um, you know, will make certain requests to the series and, and stuff like that, too. Um, I think what's really unique about World Racing Group is the World of Outlaws um, and Dirt Vision both are under that WRG banner. Um, their offices are in, in the same building down in Concord, North Carolina. So there's really a lot of working together and a lot of feeding back and forth um, that they really are able to execute um, very, very well. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting time um, for the sport that has definitely grown a lot uh, because of streaming. Yeah. No All doubt. right. I want to – okay. Right after – they give the lineups. The legendary Johnny Gibson has uh, got the lineups all taken care of, and you're going to be doing a back and forth with Johnny before they uh, fire these cars up. Does that that make you a little nervous there? Back and forth with J- the great Johnny Gibson. Uh, I don't think so. John and I um, have worked together a couple times. We were alongside each other in um, the booth at I-70 Motorsports Park um, in 2021 when the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars um uh, we're running with uh, the Power I War Sprint as a support class. Uh, Johnny and I have worked together on a couple of broadcasts um, over over the years, and um, being um, obviously both within WRG this past year, we saw each other at racetracks and and kind of you know sat around and, and talked a couple of times and had good conversations. And Johnny's uh, a legend, man. He's he's one of the best to ever put a headset on. No doubt. Um, his longevity in the sport and the amount of years that he's done it and dedicated his life to it is definitely something that myself and any Chase Rodman, who you just heard from and did this job before me, and many, many other commentators and even race fans around the world um, admire about Johnny. So um, not any nerves. Johnny's a, he's a pro. Um, I have no, no doubts whatsoever that he and I will be able to hit the ground running and, and build our own chemistry because at the end of the day, 
Johnny and I are both race fans. We're probably two of the biggest race fans out there. And when he's got the headset on up in the booth and I've got the microphone down in the infield, at the end of the day, it's just two race fans talking about racing. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, man, we are so proud of you. And we know that you were starting, you, you started announcing at 11 years old. Isn't, isn't that yes, right? Sir. 11 years old, you started announcing races. Wow. We're looking at a photo now here. Is that Connor yeah, Wade, the picture we're showing there at, for uh, those watching? It was Raceway, which uh, was yeah. at the time wow. about a half a mile from, from where I live. Now it's about five minutes from where I live. Um, yeah, I, I started there. I was there for five years. And, um, you know, my, my voice hadn't changed yet. Some people thought that it was <laughs> a girl announcing it first. And then some people were really confused when they saw some uh, short 11-year-old kid um, walked out of the booth with a microphone in his hand. So it's um, it's definitely been an interesting, I guess, um, seven or eight years now. 2015 um, since that started. Uh, nine years. I think. I think 2024 will be my tenth year um, doing announcing reporting of some sort. Um, I definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have told you in 2015 whenever I started that um, I, I thought I had any chance of being a, the pit reporter for the World Outlaw Sprint Cars. By the time I was 20, so uh, that's really cruel. But uh, that's that's what I've done my you know half my life to this point, and uh, definitely definitely something I have a lot of fun doing. So it, you know, Chase, we just had him on the show, and he was a little intimidated because he thought that Johnny Gibson's going to be around for about 10 or 15 more years. I think it's going to be more like the next 25 years. Uh, How old is Johnny? I don't know how old Johnny He's is. He's going to be around a long time. He's going to be around a long time. But, Connor, is there any opportunity you think when Johnny Gibson retires that you could end up being the announcer for the World of Outlaws? Do you think so? I, I haven't thought about that a bit, and I, I won't going to. Or I, I, I won't think about it. You know, I, I'm right now just focused on um, doing my job as a pit reporter. I was really, really humbled and um really surprised and then honestly kind of still am shocked that I was, um, you know, given that position. Um, it's a dream come true to, to be able to cover that series I've grown up watching. Um, Johnny, like I said, is a total pro and he's dedicated his entire life to this. I don't see any reason why he would stop anytime soon. So, right. um, that's, that's Johnny's job is as long as he wants it. And I hope, I really hope Johnny, uh, continues to do it for like Kirk and you said, and another, 20 years or so he could easily do it and i think he will so right, right now my main focus and the only thing i'm thinking about is is um pit reporting. reporting on yeah. pit reporting on february 7th when we start evolution right. i could see johnny doing this when he's 80 you know that's a long time uh, down the too, road just because you know he's, he's that good at it he's that dedicated to it right no reason why johnny won't be around a long time connor thanks so much for taking the time to join us i know that we're going to have you on weekly um Every week, starting on, uh, I think that's uh, February right? February 7th, we're going to have you on each week talking about the world of outlaws, and we can't thank you enough for doing so. Looking forward to it. Scott, uh, tell Deidre I said hello. Hope you guys have a great Christmas. And, Kirk, same goes to you and your family. Looking forward to uh, quite a few of these chats throughout the year. You yeah. too. What do you do between now and February? Uh, pretty busy, actually, not slowing down. Um, I just went to the, the PRI show this past weekend, and I've never really had a, a major reason to go to PRI other than I just like going and, and chatting with friends and meeting new people. Um, I, so I, I had the pleasure of doing that. And then 
Power Eye Midgets indoors at DuCoin, uh, Illinois, this Saturday night. You can catch that live on Dirt Vision. Uh, I'll have a nice Christmas with the family, and then the day after that I'll leave for Tulsa to do the, the shootout, and I'll actually stay in Tulsa uh, in between the shootout and the Chili Bowl this year. Looking forward to being a part of the Tulsa broadcast once again. And then um, the last weekend, I, I actually have a weekend off after Chili Bowl this week for the first time in a, or this year uh, for the first time in a couple of years. So I'm excited about having some downtime after that. Then uh, I'll go to Volusia the 26th and 27th of January for the uh, Germ Free Southern Sprint Car Shootout featuring USCS 360 Sprints. Um, and then uh, a week off after that, and then after that, CCN. So not really a whole lot of downtime for me uh, this winter, which is, is how I like it. You're well, gonna, glad, you, glad to hear you're doing the Chili Bowl and the shootout hey. still, so we'll see you down in Tulsa. Hey, man, you're going to be grinding it out this year, right? Yeah, looking forward to it. Yep. Okay, Connor, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. Congratulations to you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. There you have it, Connor Wade. Good deal. Again, every week starting in February, we're going to have Chase Rodman on, and we're going to have Connor Wade on as well. Yep, we're going to have it all covered. So, You know, my attitude about all this, Scott, and I've thought a lot about this over the last couple of weeks since this all broke down you know what i'm not going to get in the middle of any of this politics stuff unless we're forced into talking about it i the bottom line is i'm a race fan i just want to see great racing and uh the only thing that that i would fear if i was either one of these sides is splitting up the talent you know the big some of these big stars going over to World Outlaws, some high-limit racing. But if you look at these rosters, I think what this has the potential of doing with the money increasing the way it is is growing the pie, not keeping it the way it is. I think there'll be more people join a full-time coast-to-coast series that will want to join it because the money is going to be there. Right. So I, I think it gets bigger for both sides. I think the world of outlaws can be just as big as it's ever been. But I also think the high limit series can be big too because there'll be more teams that'll want to participate. I think it's going to fracture 410 sprint car racing. I, well, yeah. I, I've said that all, uh, from the beginning. I've said this, right? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not real confident that this is all going to work out in the end what i worry about is the weekly operations uh you know what's going to happen with some of the big weekly operations out in pennsylvania ohio uh you know with no all-star series uh what's going to happen with the weekly operations that run 410 sprint car racing even knoxville i'm kind of concerned you know what happens with that? I, I'm uh, not concerned about anything that happens at Knoxville. Yeah, I, I think that the world of outlaws have got that locked in, and they're loaded up there at Knoxville. I don't think the High Limit Series is going to move in there and take over for the world of outlaws. Before 10 racing, before this all happened, I thought it was in a great place. It is. Uh, it, had it was grown. a great place. Uh, it, when, it was making a comeback. Right. Right. What I don't like is the politics of it all. You know, this this person's doing this, this person is doing that, and the right. fighting back and forth. Hey, at the at the end of the day, I think racers just want to race. You right. put the money out there, they'll show up no matter your high limit or world outlaws. 
and the fans just want to see great racing too. I, I, I'm definitely going to go if, to a lot of World of Outlaw races and a lot of uh, yeah. high limit races. And here's year. where the fan comes in. What? When they pay the big money for the ticket to go see a World of Outlaw race or a high limit race, they want to see big stars show up. Right. That's the bottom line. And if the World of Outlaws is not as big a star-studded field as they're used to seeing, that could hurt a little bit in the short term. Right. But I, I think we've got enough big stars. I mean, we've already talked about the star drivers that have never been a part of any of these series, like Brian Brown. He's never right. been a full-time World of Outlaw driver. Brian hasn't got back with and me. And he still shows up at the big money events, as a lot of these drivers will, in the back and forth. And it's going to be interesting to see, uh, with the no restrictions of the high-limit full-time drivers, how many of those guys are going to race. Certainly, they're going to be at all the big crown jewel events, the Knoxville Nationals, Kings Royal, right. so forth. But how many of them are going to show up at some of those World of Outlaw events in the month of March when high-limit is down? All right. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tony Stewart going top fuel racing after Leah Pruitt. She, she, she's, his wife, Leah Pruitt. His wife, Leah Pruitt, is going to have a baby, right? And yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that and more when we come back here on Mostly Motorsports of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-In Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-In Supply is an assortment of Rod-In's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod-In Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod & Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod & Supply is an assortment of Rod & Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod & Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Man, what a great show we had today, folks. Zeb Wise, Chase Rodman, Connor Wade, the two pit reporters, or, or, or the voice, I should say, of the High Limit Series. Chase Rodman was on with us, and the new pit reporter that replaces Chase Rodman 
over there at the World of Outlaws. Connor Wade joins us as well. And and just so you know, those two guys are going to be on every week with us. We're going to talk about the World of Outlaws, and we're going to talk about the High Limit Series with Chase and Connor every week on Monday at starting at 12 noon Central Time. Kirk? And we'll kick that off in mid-February when they down in Florida. Well, first of all, we're going to kick that off um, – on uh, February 12th, and then again on February... Before that is the World Fe- Outlaws. Fe- February yeah. 7th, 8th, 9th, right. 10th. We're going to have uh, Connor Wade on with us as well. Uh, the Flash contest is starting. We're talking about the Corvette Christmas Flash contest the national sprint car hall of fame is off and going right now to sign up for the 2023 corvette z06 and if you go to win a z06 corvette.com type in santa 25 you'll get 25 percent more tickets uh, for the giveaway and also you'll be entered to win the corvette christmas gift basket flash contest with over a thousand dollars in gift cards again that promo code is santa 25 for 25 percent more tickets you get entered in to the uh, corvette contest the 650 horsepower 5.5 liter v8 engine eight speed dual clutch automatic transmission carbon aero package z07 performance suspension Brembo ceramic brakes. Have you ever heard that term before? Brembo. Brembo ceramic brakes. Front lift adjustable height memory adrenaline red custom leather stitch seats performance exhaust system. How about that? Mm-hmm. Torch red. Plus they're going to give you $25,000 in cash to pay yeah. for the taxes. That helps. Mm-hmm. So uh, when a... Z06Corvette.com to get signed up for that. And a year from now, they'll be drawing for the Triple X Sprint Car with the Al Parker Racing Engine. That's one year from now. So go to winasprintcar.com to get signed up for that. And of course, if you're doing your Christmas shopping, sprintcarstuff.com. Check out all the great items in the gift shop up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. All right. What do, you, what do you think about Tony Stewart going top fuel racing? Wow. You know, we should have saw that coming, shouldn't we? You know, when uh, he and Leah got married, you, you kind of figured, well, you know, they might want a family at they, some point. They might want a, a baby, right? Yeah. And Tony... You think they're going to start now? Start trying to have a baby right now? Well, I think so. Right. That's what it sounds like, according to the press release they put out last week. So, uh, and this is championship caliber stuff. Tony uh, got a lot of experience driving a top alcohol dragster last year, and uh, he did, did really fairly well job. in it. He did a really good job, and, and, and I, I, I think he'll step into this top fuel drag. He's already made runs in a top fuel dragster, by the way, so I, I think he'll adapt pretty well to this. Kirk, do you think that he'll win a national event next year? Yeah, I do. I do too. Yeah, why not? I mean, Leah won mm-hmm. a national event. And, and and the in drag racing, it's all about the car. It's about the performance of the car, 
right. even more so than the driver. If you got a great car, right. which they will have, yeah, I think. What do you I think, think, Todd? He can win a race. I, I'm I'm just giggling because um, I typed in Tony Stewart, you know, and typed in, clicked the news. And Kirk's reading the headlines, but this headline, this headline just threw me back. This so, is on Outkick. Outkick. So this headline says Tony Stewart replaces his wife so he can sleep with her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it says. So I'm just, it's just one of that's those. Crazy. It's just funny how they worded they write, their story. They, they write headlines to draw. Clicks. Oh no, that's exactly. I mean, I clicked You're it. Click that when you read yeah. that, right? <laughs> exactly. But no, we talked about this guys last year. Remember, we we talked. Right. Kirk, we all talked about we figured that this guy would eventually field the team regardless if his wife was still running or not. You know, we didn't predict the pregnancy part of this thing, but we all knew that Tony was going to eventually get in the fastest of the fastest and test this out because— I've been saying it forever. Yeah, we knew this. So Before before I read—you tipped me off to it. uh, Before I even read the story, the first thing I thought of, well, she must already be pregnant. Yeah, that, that was must be it. She's not pregnant. She's no, not, not pregnant yet. yet. No, but that no. was my thought was well, but they they're actively trying, and that's why the headline is he's right sleeping with his you know right. He, he start she's quitting so he can sleep with her, but that's that's literally, you know, obviously they're in full mode right on this thing, and we knew like you said we knew Tony Stewart was looking. Hey, to, I, I just want to let Pete know that we talked about Emerson Axum a little bit earlier in the show. Yeah, he's uh, stepping away from uh, Clawson Marshall Racing and is going to be driving for Dale Are, are you surprised by that? Petrie. Are you a little bit surprised by that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're going to they're gonna run a lot of races. They're not going to join Klasmeyer in on any one Petrie. tour, but they're right. going to run a lot of, right. lot of races. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, it's all about the people, Scott. Right. You know, if he, you know, meshed with, you know, who knows what was going on over there at his former write-up. I thought he was very successful driving those cars over there. Right. But, again, you team up with some other people you like and you know, and right. you, that can that can change your mind. Kirk, the Extreme Midget Championship point fund was increased as well, right? Uh, yes. that uh, Of course, that's a world racing group entity, and I thought uh, they had a great season last year. Uh Jade Abadisian was the champion of the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series last year. I don't think she's going to really run for championships this year because she's got some other gigs that are going on, uh, pavement road racing circuit, and she's, you know, eyeing NASCAR in the future. Mm-hmm. So uh, at 17, why wouldn't Jade be looking more at that? She's proven herself as a champion, so I think we're going to have a different champion well, I know we're going to have a different champion in 2024. You so don't know grand that. total Kirk. of $90,000 up from $12.5 million from uh, 2023. Up 20, actually, the $90,000 point total is up 12.5% from Kirk, last year. Kirk, you might be misspeaking for Jade Avedesian. She uh, she still might be able to go. She for still the might be able to run for the championship this year. You you're probably right about right. that. The the only way reason I assume not is she's got other things that she's going to be involved in next year. Yeah. She'll still be running a lot of midget races this year. Right. But is she still going to be able to run the entire Extreme Outlaw Midget Series? She might. 
you know, you think about it, and I think you bring up a good point. This is not a really uh, big-time number of events like the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars is. Right. They don't uh, run as they don't nearly run as, as, many near as many events, so she might still be able to pull right, that right, off. Right, right. And again, the champion's going to win $30,000, second place is going to pay $15,000, and third place is going to pay $10,000, correct? Out of a $90,000 total point fund. Yeah. Right. So uh, they've got uh, the second annual Appalachian Midget Week, the four-race swing through Pennsylvania, August 7th and 10th through the 10th, will be sponsored by Milton Hershey School. That payout will be $10,000. Uh, total point fund with five thousand dollars to the champion. So there's a lot of a lot of money up for grabs, more than they've had last year uh, for the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series, and uh, bigger and better in 2024. Yeah, um, Pete just said that uh, Denny Lane passed away December 5th, 2023. He was 79. He was co-founder of two major uh, rock bands, the Moody Blues and Wings. Did you know that? Well, I, I did not yep, know that. I saw that. Passed. Did you see that? Yeah, Tom? I did. I actually did see that. Um, Moody Blues, I love that group. I, I, I had a couple of their albums. The Moody Blues. Well, you know, that wasn't my kind of, kind of my music back in the day. To be honest with you, my favorite band when I was a kid, just so you know, when I was a kid, Todd, listen, Bachman Turner Overdrive was my favorite band. You remember? Now, why was that Remember your B- band? BTO? Because yeah. they were rugged, man. They they were rough. Yeah, I, that's all a little before my time. I mean, I know who BTO is, but I, right. I wouldn't have seen them live or anything. Um, I would go see him right no, now. No, I mean, I'd go see him, but I mean, I wouldn't at the time, obviously. BTO right. would have been, that was being played on the classic rock, and me growing up probably wouldn't have tuned to the classic rock channel quite yet. You know. I'm a little older than you. Yeah, like I said, right. I'm more, I'm I'm a lot more metal than rock, and a lot more rock than blues, and a lot more, you know. Uh, Pat it, it just said four-wheel drive. Yeah. You remember that Lockman song? Turner Overdrive. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. They were your favorite band. Back in the day when I was when I was about 14, 15, 16 years old, BTO was my favorite band. My my first real rock. So I got turned on to Kiss by my cousin, but I was a big Beach Boys fan, you know, when I was a little bitty kid. Beach Boys. As a little boy. I I would have never thought that. As a little kid, you know, like five. But I've been listening to music since I was like three. I've got records still back. You know, I had Chuck Berry records. I've got all the Johnny Cash. We're talking 45s, you know. I've got all. So I've I've been spinning records since I was, before I had a guitar you know and right so i've been and but kiss was my first band as a young man but van halen was in my teens and i didn't look that back was at, your band really yeah. van halen and, and and zach wild is one of your favorite guys too, yeah, zach, as well zach and he's a guitar player and and uh yeah like you said i my musical taste goes a lot wider than maybe what a lot of people would know like right. i said i think a lot of people would be surprised really what's in my cd collection 
I still listen to CDs in my car, guys. Uh, Mark Morell said, taking care of business. Hey, Mark. Good to hear you. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mark. Hope you're feeling hey, good. Hope Glad you're feeling see. better, buddy. Yeah. So what is the big drawback to vinyl records now? What? Well, uh, why is that? Uh, people are uh, people are really starting to buy vinyl records. Yeah, no, they're huge, now. and you know the big. There's a big record store here in town, just going out of business here, and vinyl records here in town. Um, but yes, what it is is you're getting a lot of guys that are my age. Yeah, <laughs> that are that have money, you know, that are at the point where they're like right. expendable money and stuff, and they're just like. I'd like to be able to do what I used to do and pop on an old vinyl record and set and listen. And you know what the reason why it is, is because you have a giant album cover in your hand. Right. A big J card tells you all the information and you about can read the read everything about everything. And I don't know. I When I had kids, Zach understood very quickly that. When I was playing the record, you couldn't run through the front room. Don't jump up and down on the floor. Because it's going to skip. So <laughs> what you end up doing is sitting down and looking at the album cover and reading everything there is about it. <laughs> and that became, you know, a lost art after the 80s when the cassette came out. And, you know, and, and, and the CD come out. Well, that, that really buried the Well, when the CD, albums. you know, when the CD first came out, it used to come out with a big cardboard. It came out with a big cardboard thing that had everything that the old album had in it right and then the, the environmental people and they were like look and it really wasn't environmental people it was about the, how much money that they could save by shortening the packaging down to just a plastic <laughs> thing but the vinyl has made a resurgence and what has really happened with vinyl guys is album people are recording albums the way they used to because it sounds different when you put it on album so if you put digital to album it doesn't really get it. It doesn't. It doesn't mash. I mean, it works. Right. But you can tell the difference. Yes, real people that listen to music that ha that have headphones on that really listen can tell the difference between an vinyl and audio file and a vinyl. Not right. just the scratchiness, guys. I know people go, yeah, because it's scratchy. No, there there's a depth. When they used to record onto one inch tapes, back in the day. I mean, Foo Fighters searched the whole world and found enough one-inch tape just to record their one of their albums did on one-inch tape. Did you see that documentary where they bought that that yeah that keyboard? Well, they bought the whole they mix, bought that big the, mixer, the whole mixing console from that studio because what, it's was such that a, from Penny Lane or something? Um, was it Muscle Shoals, I believe. Muscle Shoals were one of them, but yes, it. There's something to be said. You know, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen recorded all of his stuff from 1984 on in his own studio called 5150. And look, he had a one-inch tape. There, are, He's got hundreds of things on that are recorded on one-inch tape. But the biggest problem, guys, is, is what they're finding out is you can't just pop an old one-inch tape back on the machine and play it because right. it's ruined. You have They have to bake them. Did you know this? They have to actually take an oven, a real oven. And bake them. They bake them at a low temperature, and it does something to the the tape, and it re-fixes it to the tape, and that's the only way. So I've read an interview with Eddie Van Halen's son I saying, "I would be afraid you'd destroy the tape." Well, no, I there's know. already a process. They've even got it. They've even got ovens built just for this, you know. And this is what's going to happen with all your old VCR tapes, guys. Uh, if you've got old home video tapes that are sitting around, we're getting ready to blow off there here in just a second. But if you got old VCR tapes of your family, and stuff 
I got them. Get those things transferred over now because they will oxidize and they'll lo- you'll lose the quality of these things really fast. And all it takes is about two plays, right? The first one will look fine, but when you go to rewind it, that tape's gonna it'll thin out and you'll wow. particles will fall off of it. Well, I I need so, I've got a bunch of videos upstairs and you got to get them transferred guys right, and right now it's full of videos i might as well just pitch them in the trash now you take them no. and, you, and you call the company up and they will transfer them over do a couple at a time that way the, the value is shock because it's expensive but it gets transferred completely digital and we're, we're starting to do that with some of our stuff right now so uh where that, do you do that Tom? well just look up do do a analog transfer to did you know take analog film to, and do a Google search, and everybody in their town there's a company that uh, actually surely a, a company around now here. Walgreens has it and some other ones do it too as well. But what I would do is there's a couple companies that allow you to ship a whole box, anything that you can fit in one box for a for a base pay, right? Right. So that way. Because it can get very outrageous, man. If you send in 30 tapes, you'd be surprised how much the digital transfer is on that. But it's something right. to look, think about, guys, to uh, I need to do, to do that. So, uh, All right. Well, this has been a good show, and like you said, we'll be able to. If you missed any of this show, tune in Saturday morning. So Track Talk, where we'll be playing some of this interview. So on, on Christmas Day yes, and New Year's, New Day. Year's Day, we're going to have the best of shows, right? Well, we're going to probably play. We may we not do a show. We probably won't do a show. On, we're going to be. We probably won't do a show on those for those. But we will the do best, best of on, on Track Talk show. for Track Talk show. But we could put something up. But what we what we would like for everybody to do is go back on the days we're not on and find an episode that you guys like and share that episode on your personal page. Yeah. And here's another thing, guys, what I found out. When you share these things on your personal page, like your Facebook page or what have you, right? if you don't make that a public share, um, it's only going to go to your friends. And if a lot of your friends just kind of bypass what you post anyway, yeah. Yeah. they're not going to share it as well. But if you make it a public post, it pops up on a more thing. So go back, grab one of our old episodes, and make sure you share the, those episodes with some of your race fans. Yeah, man, just let us know who who your favorite yeah. segment is, and then we'll try to get that up there. Because we're going to definitely do a replay of, on our Track Talk show, because we got two shows on Track Talk this year. I think this might be the first time Guys Racing Boys is actually going to have off two weeks. two weeks through holidays, because normally it was always Chili Bowl shootout, and then... They're they're on Mondays. That's right. Everything falls on a Monday. Right. And we talked to Brian Holbert in our interview last week. He said this is one of the rare years where the shootout ends in 2023, but it's actually the 2024 shootout. So, right. yeah, it's a different year this year, guys. So we'll be back with live show. I mean, we're going to yeah. be here this Saturday live and next Monday live. Absolutely. And then we'll be back on Saturday, January 6th with live shows. Absolutely. Marie says Ready we'll do, Todd. How about that? We appreciate that, Marie. Uh, Marie is uh, 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 one of our most loyal followers. Yeah, we appreciate that. Unlike this past weekend, which we didn't have any races to watch, we got a big week of racing this week, the Gateway Nationals going on indoors at the Dome at America Center. Yeah, we'll probably talk to us. Looks like over 140 late models. They're going to split up the field in Two nights of preliminary action. I think 71 cars are lined up, ready to go on Thursday. 
And 72 cars on Friday. We got 60 modified split up in uh, two sets of 30 each night. Uh, 5 o'clock is when the races get going on Thursday and Friday. 3 o'clock on Saturday. Flow Racing will have all that covered. You're yep, thinking about going down there, right? checking it out live, right? I, yeah, I'm thinking about you it. You know, the weather's looking good. So, you know, we've had issues. If I can get on the credential list. Well, uh, in the past, I'm sure you will. The weather has always been a little issue. Halt, hide, heading down I-70 here. You know, we had ice in a couple of years, so uh, this year's looking good, guys. So. Uh, hold, hold on, Brian Brown just replied to me. He says, "True outlaw," and that means he's business as usual. That's right. He's going to be out there doing what he does. Nothing changes. Uh, nothing changes for Brian Brown. So uh, that's kind of what we thought. Yeah, no would doubt. Happen. Uh, also, as Connor Wade pointed out, there's a midget race going on at DeCoin this Saturday night. Dirt Vision's going to be carrying that. Connor's going to be on part of that broadcast. Yeah. Indoor event on Saturday night. He's going to do. A, he's going to be doing a great yeah. job, man. I, I, I'm so psyched for Connor Wade. I'm just really, I'm really pumped up for him. So I'm excited. We got some racing to watch this week. So yeah, it was no. kind of an empty weekend last week. Watched a lot of football, but uh, no racing yeah. this past weekend. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, we want to thank our guests today, Zeb Weiss, Chase Rodman, Connor Wade. Man, it's going to be a great year in 2024. We're going to have... Chase Rodman on and Connor Wade on every week talking about the High Limit Series and the World of Outlaws. It's going to be a fantastic year. We hope that you'll really enjoy it. For Todd Surprise, who does a great job running the show for us each and every week, man, I, I can't thank him enough for doing so. And for my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. stronger with rod and supply whether you are running industrial farming equipment or a race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod and serving the racing community for over 30 years